So you guys are in the grand hall, bodies of five twisted and distorted guests scatter along the floor, and it is quiet again. What do you do? Jaco is going to grab one of the severed heads and take it over to the drunk guy's back. Try to like line up the mouth, see if it's like the proper size. No, uh, you bring it over there and he's just so out of it. He doesn't really care what you did to him, but uh, you bring it up there and it's much bigger than the guest's jaw could possibly reach. I'll toss it out. I would run out to the girl. All right. She's uh, over there behind the suit of armor hiding. And my kind of crouches down again and he's like, and we've uh, we've dealt with those horrors in the in the other room now, and it's safe to come along through with us. Uh, I know it's scary, young lass, but you're better off with us than here by yourself. I want to kick this door open. All right, <laughs> these doors are here. So, boom! You kick it open, it reverberates and opens up. And uh, the little girl looks at Mott, and she just. She just looks at him and she can see like, you can tell in her right eye, uh, some of the capillaries have started to burst on that, that eye and they're getting red. And she just looks at you and she says, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Where's my mommy? It's okay. We're, we're going to find her. Uh, Jocko, you kick open the door into a kitchen. Uh, and in the right. kitchen, you can see what appear to be three, uh, humans, um, all in, uh, older in age. Uh, three women dressed with uh, plain clothes, plain like uh, tan uh, like tunics and pants, and they have long aprons, white aprons on, and they're all, three of them are, appear to be dead on the ground. Pools of blood are pouring out from underneath them. And uh, one of them uh, has a strange and uncanny resemblance to the little girl that you have brought into the manor. All right, I'm going to cut their heads off. <clears throat> Come again, Donnie. Uh, Jocko. Um, <laughs> may I ask? Gonna, uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to stop you, obviously. But what's the, what's your intention here? Uh, so the corpses in the other room just came alive and attacked us. So I figure, keep whatever. Ah, I see. These things okay. are get the jump on them. You know, I don't know what the hell we're All dealing right. with here. But so Jocko's no fool. And uh, yeah, with your massive sword, you can start. Uh, he's going to pull up. out a. He's got a hand axe. He's going to pull out. A hand axe. I'm sorry. Sorry to take away your player agency there. So you decapitate them with the hand axe. <laughs> and, uh, as soon as you reach down to touch one of them, like the body becomes rigid, almost like uh, uh, like a seizure, almost like she just becomes stiff. And but she doesn't rise up like the ones in the hall did, and you're able to remove the heads, no problem. So from the other room, they just yeah, I don't know. I guess it, that work done. Everyone hears like the dull thud of an axe passing through a neck and hitting the floor. Dum, dum. I need some healing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey guys, I'm going to. Well, are the eyes the same on the uh, dead uh, kitchen staff? Yeah, uh, it's similar. They're not as bloodshot as the attendants. So let me bounce it back over here. So good guy. Um, so yeah, you're able to, you're scouring for valuables. Um, obviously there's, these are all nobles here. Uh, on the five individuals that had uh, been killed, um, you can find um, handfuls of jewelry um, and other finery that they're wearing, like necklaces and rings and 
earrings and whatnot. And uh, probably total value you would estimate in your estimation as uh, the guy that you are, uh, somewhere around 100 to 120 gold pieces worth of jewelry. Okay, just gonna pocket that. Are they? Do they have any weapons or anything? They have wine glasses. No, no That's weapons. It. Are there any? Actually, so I'm going to go up to this room to the north. I don't know what, but I'm going to open this door, or at least attempt to. Okay, you go to open the door, and it is locked. So I leave that locked. I'm going to go try this other door. He's going to try to keep persuading her to come on. He's going to say, you've got that symbol, right? It's protected you till now. It's going to keep doing the job, I bet you. <laughs> they give me persuasion charisma check, I guess, in your case. Hey, how are you doing, girly? She just clutches the egg tight and she just recedes further in behind the armor. Uh, At this point, he's thinking of a new strategy and he looks at the front doors. Is there a way that he thinks he could secure them? Yeah, there's uh, these these suits of armor holding like uh, lances, like spears. Uh, you could kind of rig it in a way to, like, bar the doors so they don't open inwards. Okay, he'll do that. Okay. So you're setting that up. Uh, I typed it in the chat, but the sun has said it is dark in here. So if you do not have dark vision, uh, you're going to start losing your ability to see unless you start carrying a torch or something like that. So I think I would, uh, I'm going to cast light on something to help our friends out. Okay. So maybe work that out with uh, Mott, if you want to do that. Mott definitely is uh, an old man. So I'll be down there helping Mott with the door, and uh, it's dark. So I'll be like, "Hey, let me uh, light this up so we can, we can kind of get this in there better." So I guess what I'm going to cast light on. Hmm, has to be on something. Are you are you wearing anything like a rosary or anything, or like a necklace? Uh, yeah, I think he is. His bell casting holy symbol is like a amulet. How about I cast light on that thing there? Oh, all right, that's a good idea. And here, let me return the favor. (laughs) Hey, buddy. There you go. That's all of your hit points. (laughs) Yay. Damn. Thanks, man. Just going around the horn here. uh, Back to Jacko, and then I'll jump back over to good guy. So, Jacko, what are you doing? Looks like you're making your way up to this door. Yeah, kick down that door to the little room. All right, so... Bam! Kick it open. And there's just... uh, Looks to be like a larder storage room with food um a lot of the, the breads and grains and stuff looks like they're starting to get stale and there's just uh, pots and containers and of various foodstuffs anything look like it's still edible yeah there's some uh maybe some cheeses in here some dried meats all right i'll uh i'll grab some stuff just haphazardly all right let's say you get like a day's worth of rations you know what you grab all right um then i'm going to come back in here and grab the three heads and bring him back right. into the other room. All right. So you bring him back into the room. Uh, you stroll to see Good Guy. I just opened up this door over here. So Good Guy, you open the door into a room that appears to be a library. Uh, the library is furnished in all black. There is a massive pendulum clock that's clattering and hissing along the center rear wall. Okay. Anything obviously valuable? Anything obviously uh, unusual for a library? Um, if you would like to look around and say, give me an investigation. <laughs> um, so you peruse around the library and nothing really stands out other than the clock that's obviously there. Um, it has a lot of gold fixtures in it 
maybe even the pendulums inside of itself look like they could be made of gold. Okay, I'll go take a closer look at the clock then. All right. Anything inside it? Or is it ticking in a strange way? Or Okay. Uh, so you open up it to see what's inside of it. And uh, you open up the door and just immediately there is a, a mass of about six or seven rats just squ- like fly out of the door. Oh, fuck! <laughs> cross over your feet. And uh, there's two things that stand out to you. There is a, a little uh, compartment box with a key hole in it um, in the lower part of the clock. How big? And just a little one, maybe about uh, oh, six or seven inches in length. All right. And sorry. Uh, so, yes, that and um, you know that this uh, wall here would be the outside eastern wall of the of the manor. Um, but you do see where the rats poured out of. There's an obvious large hole that uh, seems to go not straight out, but down at the bottom of the clock where the rats have kind of eaten through. They were normal sized rats, right? Yes. All right. Well, so if- a lot of info for a six. <laughs> well, he's opened up a thing and looked inside of it. So. so I'm going to make note of the box, but leave it there. I'm going to go back to the locked door, and okay. I'm going to see if I can just kick through it. All right. Uh, so let's uh, go back around the horn here. So let's go back to Abe. What are you doing? What's going on with the little girl over there? She's I'm horrified. And with good reason, I think. Maybe we had a... Let her stay there. I think whatever danger there is, though, is elsewhere inside the house. Or maybe she's safe here. So Jocko spied good guy, but he doesn't think much of him at the moment. So he's going to go down. Hey, Jocko, it's not your turn right now. Shut the fuck up. Hey, it's it's, (laughs) going to interact, man. He walks in with the three heads from the kitchen. Fuck it. And drops him on the floor. Found some more wood. Red up. eyes. Oh, Old man, does your god know what this is? And he's gonna quickly move to put himself uh, in between this grisly display and the little girl. And he's gonna say, Ah, look here, youngster, you need to be more careful. It can't just be, you know, and he kind of waves his arms. Uh, weekly over top of all the the disgusting decapitated heads. Yeah, you might frighten somebody like our young friend here. Quicker she learns about this hard world, the better. Jacko can see from where his position is, like she's kind of like peering from between the legs of the armor out. I'm not sure how well she can see, but she's looking out. And a uh, good guy, you said you're going to kick the door in or you're going to try to unlock it. What are you doing? Actually, I do have thieves tools. Let's try using thieves tools. All right, first. give me a dex check. <laughs> okay. Uh, smooth as butter. Just pop it in, turn, twist. Mm. It unlocks. All right, so I walk in. All right, so you open the door, and with your dark vision, everything's in black and white, but you see a desk with uh, lots of papers and books strewn about. Um, you see a candlestick that has been snuffed out and knocked over. To the right, you see that large hole in the floor confirming what you saw from the window. And in the left of the room, you see a human, male, young maybe in his 20s, short black hair, vivid blue eyes. He holds a rapier and he is kind of like holding it out in defense. 
and uh, you can see him kind of like clasping at his face and, and pulling on his ears and he has this kind of really uh, mortified look on his face as you enter the room. Oh, who is whoa. this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do we have here? I'm good guy. Who are you? And he'll like uh, slowly round his bed and the moonlight kind of catches his face um, from the window and he still has his rapier out and he's like, have you? Yes, you've come for the party, haven't you? Party? I love parties. I'm not here for no specific party, but I'm here for a party. What kind of party? He cuts you off and he just goes, shh. And he kind of puts his ear to the wall. And uh, it's like, I can hear it. It's, it's alive. I can hear its heart beating. Can't you hear it? Why don't you, why don't you back away from the wall there and take a seat? I'm going to persuade him. Hear he like takes one step forward. He's like, do you not hear the heart? Here, why, why don't you just calm down? Can't do nothing but hear it. Can I persuade Even, him? Yeah. Yes, you can. Let's just take, let's just take a seat on the bed here. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, Plus fucking five. <laughs> and once you try to persuade him to go to the bed, he just uh, he kind of gets even more uh, agitated, and he says, "No, no, I can hear his heart beating. It mocks me. Whose heart?" Takes a, and he like takes another step forward, and he like keeps his rapier like pointed towards you. He says. You would tell them, wouldn't you? You would shame me. It takes like another small step forward. I'm not afraid of him. So I just stand my ground. All right. And there's like a brief moment where you're standing your ground and you're watching him. And there's just something bizarre and unnatural in his eyes. And I need you to make a constitution save. (laughs) So once he takes a step closer and he says, I can feel it. It's in the floor. I can feel it beating. Don't you hear it? And as soon as he asks that, you hear it. You hear a thumping, bump, 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 in your own ears. So I start and I look at the ground. Is that where it's coming from or is it at the wall? Feels like it's coming more down in the floorboards. Okay. So I start and look down at the ground. What is that? And he kind of gives us a thin smile and he says, you hear it. What is it? Come. I can't right now. And he starts walking over towards the hole in the ground. Let me show you. Am I entranced? No, you're not. But you definitely hear this very incessant heartbeat in your ears. I step to the doorway and I call out to the group as a whole. Guys, there's something underneath this. So the group down there talking around the decapitated heads. Um, I'll let you talk a little bit more as that went on before you'll hear a good guy call out. Jocko's gaze was directed at the girl. So he'll call out, Come on, girly, I think this concerns you. She's already been through enough. Can't you tell? This is where she lives. Imagine if your home had turned into the the realm of horrors that we've seen already. Uh, And he just kind of shakes his head at Jacko and then he motions at Abe and says, Abe, clear this mess out of here. And points at the heads. Yep. So... I'm thinking what I could do with prestidigitation to, to 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 these heads, like clean them. Would I notice that one? Would I notice that one looks like the girl as well? Uh, yeah, there is an uncanny resemblance from one of them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run back up here, grab some masks, run back down, put the masks on them. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that's go. what Mott had in mind, but <laughs> and he just he just shakes his head and kind of hears a good guy calling and starts moving in that direction. All right. 
I think we'll, I'll tell the girl to stay here and uh, until it's uh, until we come back out and tell you it's safe. If I want you Just to stay, you asked stay for a come that. out, so yep. she has not really been willing to move um, from this spot, even when Matt uh, much right. So if you really want to try to get her out for any reason, you're gonna have to do some sort of check, um, either intimidate her or persuasion check or something like that. Just uh, FYI. I didn't. I'm not trying to like cut you off there. I just wanna. Okay. She's not moving unless with some some additional force. I got you. Everybody else left the room. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the heads and I'm gonna ask you where where do these come from? What room did you get these out of? Cook, without like turning his head away from staring at the girl, the kitchens. <laughs> and I'm gonna take them back to the kitchen. You'll hear Jacko will hear the voice of the girl kind of peep out. Just say, Ma, Mama. Did you see mama? So like so once everybody's from... gone, Jacko's gonna go over to the girl. Say, your mom's dead. <laughs> and uh you'll see like her eyes like <laughs> flutter, and you can almost see like in that instant some of the other capillaries in her eyes start to burst. And I want you to make a con save. Or shit. Con save? Yes. Which is for you is like what the fuck, but auto pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> con cave. A lot. Okay, you're good. And uh, right. you can see that her eyes, they start to get bloodshot like almost immediately. And uh, she faints. Takes her head off. All right, I'm going to try to like pick her up and wake her up, like shake her. She's out. I'm cold. All right, I'll drag her with me. Go in All right. to find the rest of the people. All right, and uh, as uh, Mott and uh, Jacko and um, Abe, as you guys are kind of crossing the Grand Hall again, you can see a good guy will pop out and say what he said, which was, there's something under us. Something that effect. Underneath, but he's... Damn it. Did you hear me? Guys, there's something underneath us. Yeah. The earth. Uh, I shoot daggers in my eyes. Seriously. I'm not in the room either. I found, <laughs> I found someone. And there's something underneath us. Can't you hear it? Um, uh, Mott, uh, your light from the your amulet, um, the one that uh, Abe had cast a spell on, kind of shines through and past Good Guy, and you can see that same noble I described earlier standing behind Good Guy. And um, once Good Guy shouts out, "Can't you hear it?" very forcefully, uh, Mott, I want you to make a con save as well. All right, and nothing happens to you. And Mott says, "Oh, is he okay?" Young sir, are you feeling all right? And he tries to push past a good guy to check on this noble. And as you approach, uh, you see it, and uh, you, you recognize this uh, individual, Mott. Um, you being the kind of elder statesman in the group, and maybe know many names or faces around uh, this area. Um, you remember this boy when he was young. Um, and you remember him as a, like a little shit. Always whining, complaining, wanting more. Um, would frequently have tantrums even in, in his teenage years during dinners or uh, village events. And uh, his father uh, was tried to be, you know, strict with him even in public. Um, but the boy was always very disrespectful. And you recognize this gentleman as the Count Libram. Uh, so Mott's face kind of changes a little bit, and he says, "Aha." It's you, young Count. I remember you used to come down to the docks and throw rocks at the pelicans. And he just kind of shakes his head at him. <laughs> what trouble have you started now? And he'll kind of scowl and he'll say, 
Do not speak to me in such a way, old man. This is my home. You're at my party. Come, we have more guests I must show you. And he kind of gestures to the massive hole in the ground in his room. And he kind of uh, actually seems to uh, look disappointed at himself when he when it's pointed out to him that he's talking to, you know, the master of this home, like he's the grandpa when he's not. And he reaches his arm out and says, son, ah, I think the party is is over. In the other room there, there's 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 quite a few dead dead guests. What's happened? Give me a uh, charisma check, Mott. <laughs> he kind of looks over to the room past good guy, and then he looks back to you and he says, No. No, the party is just beginning. We must celebrate. There are good times ahead. Come. There are many guests you would want to meet here. Such beautiful people. And he starts to, like, walk. What would the relationship between him and the and the woman we're looking for be? Nothing directly. Uh, this is just a count. This is his manner. Uh, the woman you're looking for is the wife of the Baron, who rules the Barony of uh, Dunwich in the surrounding areas. And she came here on an invitation mm-hmm. to a party to celebrate uh, the Count's uh, new uh, inheritance of the estate from his father, who died a couple weeks ago. In the interim of that conversation, Chucko wanted to throw the girl in the larder and like kind of put something in front of it, like lock her in there. Okay, yeah, you can totally do that. Like knock one of these shelves in front of the door or something. Yeah. And as I'm walking through this room, I want to look at the bodies that I haven't seen yet because mm-hmm. there was new bodies, right? And see if I see the Baroness. Okay, so yeah, you, you scour the bodies of the five uh, partygoers that were in there and... Um, None of them match the description of the Baroness. You locked her in there where I threw her mother's head? Oh, you put her head in there too? <laughs> yep. That's, I put all the heads in there. That's what happened then. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> Wait till she wakes up. Mott's gonna be pissed. <laughs> the Count is kind of gesturing to the hole, and you can see from your position uh, that the, the hole isn't just a straight drop. It, it slopes down. But the hole is obviously circular, in nature like a smooth tunnel not like it had been dug out um with like shovels and whatnot but just like a clean hole drilled all the way out and based on the way that the floorboards around the hole kind of splinter upwards um this wasn't dug down into but out up of like a war so what do you do good guy says yeah all right you go first i'm gonna ask uh, i'm gonna ask jacko where'd you put the girl as he's passing by me without the girl. With the, the stores. I barred oh, the door. Jesus. I put the heads in there. <laughs> Can't be just good. Are you kidding me? Heads? It's time for her to grow old. Jesus Christ. Good guy chuckles. She might die of shock, you barbarians. I'm going to go back and try to get the heads out of the room, so i got to move the shelf and all that crap. If she doesn't all die, right. she'll learn how to truly live. And, uh, yeah, you're sprinting back there and doing that, and, uh, when you make it back there, she's still unconscious, just laying in a Thank pile God. of wheat or something. There's, like, a... Right, I'll take the head. There's, like, a bookshelf in the way or something, right? Like, the food shelf? Yeah, there's, like, food storage shelves, yeah. So I'll take the heads out of there, and I'm like, geez, where am I going to store these things? Uh, and I guess I'll run up into this room over here. All right. Do I see any kind of place that might be good to 
store some heads. <laughs> uh, well, there's a clock with a door open, large uh, clock. Otherwise, there's it's a library, so there's bookshelves everywhere. Okay. Mm, damn. How big? How large is this clock? Would you say? Could I fit three heads in it? Um, or at least one head. Can I fit one head in yeah, it? You could fit one head in there, sure. Let me fit the one head that looks like the the mother, maybe. All right. So you, you open the door, there's a little lockbox in there, and then there's a space like in between the top of the the uh, the face of the clock and where the pendulums hang down, where you could like stuff the head behind the pendulums. You think these rich All folks right. would have sprung for a three head clock? You'd think. So I'll do that. And I'll just put the other two on this chair, I guess. <laughs> sure. And then I'll head back to where everybody else is. And Mott kind of just says to the two of them, we're going to have to have a chat when this is all done about proper conduct and the line of business and duty. And he just kind of goes back over to the count and says, and the Baroness, she's one of your guests. Save your chats for your gods, old man. As he slowly descends the uh, down into the hole, he'll answer Mott and say, says, oh, yes, they're all here. And he slowly descends. And Mott kind of looks at the round hole and then looks back in the other room at this, the barely alive guy with the perfectly circular thing on his back. And he says, we better be careful. It seems like there's some kind of giant leech or something running around. Yeah, I had a similar thought in mind myself. Uh, so what do you do? Jocko's going to light a torch and throw it in the I hole. hate leeches. All right, so you throw a torch down the hole, and it rolls and kind of passes by his feet. I'm going to follow him down. I got dark vision for 120 feet. I'm going to follow him down, too, with my special lit-up amulet. And uh, you send down to what appears to be a, a damp cellar. There are casks and uh, bottles of wine stacked around, several destroyed. A pungent wine pool is uh, everywhere in the room. And... You see 12, roughly 12 individuals, looks like partygoers in masks, lying on the ground, dead in pools of blood, scattered all throughout the uh, southwest part of this room. And Is it pitch black? It is. So yours with night vision can see, but uh, it's, it's pitch black except for Mott, who has the light cast on his uh, amulet, shining uh, like 20-foot radius of light around from him. Um, and... Around these 12 dead bodies, chomping and eating and thrashing about, you see these long 10 foot, 10 to 12 foot long length, massive worms with teeth and hooks for feet, purple and red, and they're like massive throbbing bodies and uh, their jaws just are like just gnashing away at these corpses and it looks something like this. Right. And Mott just says, leeches! Can't you hear it? It's throbbing. It's beating. It won't stop. And he kind of like throws himself at uh, Jacko and roll initiative. God, why am I giving such terrible shit rolls today? Mott was ready for these leeches. Wow. Oh, those are bodies. <laughs> it's like, I have a lot of leeches. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Um, are these so like swarms of these things or are they just really big? Uh, there's these two massive worms, and uh, the rest of the tokens are just bodies of the party goers. These things in the middle, are they bookshelves or are they benches? What are they? Uh, they uh, look like uh, shelves, like wine wine shelves. Okay. First, top of the turn order is 
the fast, nimble, always on the tips of his toes, Mott. And Mott says, I've seen about enough of this. And he uh, just moves forward and he's just going to strike uh, the count in the back of the head. <laughs> By the way, this is lethal or non-lethal? A normal mace shot upside the head. Okay, that sounds lethal to me. All right. So he takes uh, six. Jacko, your turn. The count kind of leaned, lunged at you, and then Spry, Spry uh, Mott flew up and smacked him in the back of the head with his mace. What do you do? So he's not going to rage. He's just going to attack the dude in front of him. Hits? <laughs> Instant death, it says. Jesus. Congratulations. What does it look like? Uh, again, he's just going to like do kind of like a lateral. Just chop the head right off. <laughs> All right. Seems to be a theme. So yeah, he lunges at you, and his like madness <laughs> ridden eyes are like locked into yours. As then it's suddenly your gaze is broken because his head has fallen to the ground. Like a fluid motion, just straight from the back. Bonus action rage, and I will go over here next. All right. So I'm gonna cast witch bolt on this worm. That oh, twenty, baby. Jeez, oh, the first crit. So now just roll my damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So what does it look like? Explain it, please. I just hold my hand, I close my eye, I, I, I close my eyes, one eye open, and kind of like focus my hand in front of me, and then I just go, like this, you fuck! And electricity comes shooting out of my hand. It's a witch bolt. Electricity comes shooting out of my hand and strikes the worm. And the worm reacts the same way you'd expect, like something uh, a creature filled with that much water. Like he just kind of like gets rigid and whips up in the air once, and then kind of gets back into its normal shape and kind of whips its big toothy mouth at you, and is looking in your direction. Good guy. At the beginning of your turn, uh, like you were feeling that heartbeat sound in your ears, and as you descended the uh, tunnel, it kind of got a little more prevalent. But now that you're in this room, it is like just pounding in your ears, and you feel like some sort of Something about these worms, they, they almost feel close to you. They feel natural. They feel comfortable. Um, and I need you to make another con save at the beginning of your turn. Okay. Uh, so now the pounding in your ears is so much that you can't hear much of anything else but the pounding of the heartbeat in your ears. And I need to make a roll here on the table. Give me a second. And the whole time uh, that you're down in here now, once you've entered this, is now that the heartbeat has increased, you're starting to see these like uh, hallucinations in your eyes. They feel really weird, they're very real to you, but like hallucinations of like, whenever you're, the silver snakes, whenever you're meeting with them, you're like seeing them in this room with you, but instead of like their normal bodies, they're just like worm people with suits on. And uh, they're just kind of flooding your vision and kind of making it kind of difficult for you to stay focused. I walk right up to can I step on, on top of these bodies? Yeah, sure. You can straddle right. So I'm going to go on top of this body. And as I'm walking, you say, Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you, buddy. Hey, buddy. I see this big old worm, and he seems awfully, awfully comfy. Hmm. Let's see, what can I do to this worm that would make it feel comfier? Oh, I know. I'm going to stab it. All right. Go ahead. So. Attack rolls are fine. Why the fuck can I save myself? <laughs> there you go. I, it hits for four damage. Feel really close to you, Wormy. 
So right after I right after I stab him, I look over my shoulder and I talk to one of my hallucinatory worms in my thieves can't and say, or my thieves can't and say, are you are you the same as this guy? Are you are you just as squishy? And that's it for me. So as the count is kind of uh, die or never mind, never mind. He doesn't have a head. <laughs> I was gonna have him support off the information, but I remembered he doesn't have a head. Uh, so this worm is uh now that knows that there's a disruption to its its feeding will kind of turn and it will slide and thrash and it's going to smash into this wine cellar the wine shelf and knock it over it falls on the ground glass goes everywhere as it plows its way over to jacko and it rises up and it comes down for a bite so 14 and it hits and let's see i need you well first let's do my bite damage See what happens because you might not need to make the save depending on damage amount. For 10, I need you to make a deck save. Nice. Uh, so the worm comes down and he opens his jaws and it tries to swallow you whole, like putting a foot into a sock. That's what this thing can do. And But you're able to uh, deflect it in however way. Maybe you catch it by its mouth and kind of force it off. The second worm and. Um, the worm, it'll do that thing where it's like it kind of matches up its its mouth hole with your face, uh, good guy, and it kind of bobs around like it's kind of acknowledging you for a second, and then it just moves past you, and uh, it's gonna go over to here. So as it moves past, good guy, you have an opportunity to make an attack if you wish. Take it out. Take it out. I will, because I want to feel more comfy. I wanna. I wanna. I want that squishy. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, it, uh, that will miss. Okay. So the worm doesn't even notice that you tried to stab it as it slides by, and it comes over to Mr. Shocky Pants over here and tries to take a bite of Abe. And his attack. So he misses. All right. So, yeah, I think I would just roll. I'm going to roll to the left while I can't move my character right. Yeah. But let's say, uh, let's say it dives at me and I'm just going to jump and, like, dodge it pass right over it and uh, next it is Mott's turn as this massive worm has now forced its way over towards your area. Alright, Mott is gonna kind of circle around behind these barrels hoping for semblance of cover. He's gonna kind of be fiddling around with his light crossbow and his belt kind of holding it level at the worm and uh, he's just like squinting his eyes and kind of his back is arched over as he's trying to figure out how to use it and it twangs off a bolt and then he looks up at the target all right give me a tech roll should i aim first so it kind of the uh, bolt comes flying in and kind of just bounces right off the flesh of the creature as you miss eh, overcomplicated contraption it was a gift from my son jacko it's your turn jacko is getting a little pissed off here and um you can see his already like pumped up muscly self just goes another like level and i guess his back just back is turned you guys so you can't really see but he's gonna go into his shifter form he'll get five tip points and swing his great sword at this gigantic warning thing all right mm. oh near crit that definitely hits or 10 abe it's your turn so i'm gonna reflavor this now i'm gonna point my hand out like a finger gun <laughs> that's how i'm gonna do all my my attacks a finger right. gun i'm gonna zap <laughs> all right 
So the shock of lightning just sends a ripple up and you can see the worm like get rigid and this time it stays rigid as it like falls to the ground, hitting the floor right in between you and the count. I'm going to put my finger gun up to my mouth and blow it out. <laughs> one down, one to go. I'm going to join my old friend over here behind these barrels for some cover, hopefully. Actually, it's good guy's turn. It's not as prevalent as it was before, but the beating, the beating sound in your ears has kind of uh, dissipated and the visions, hallucinations have stopped, but there still is a light beating in your ears. So I'm going to move just into just one into position. I'm going to take a crossbow bolt at the other worm. Nicely placed shot, hits it right in it's near its mouth area and it's looks heavily injured at this point. And then I'm going to move one more on top of this dead body to hide behind this shelf. So next it is the worm's turn. And the worm, um, the beginning of its turn, you're going to see like this kind of ripple kind of pulsate from it, like a vibration almost. And you're going to see two of the party goers that are directly behind the worm. They rise up from the ground, almost like zombie-like, and uh, they start to move the two that are directly behind it. And for its turn, it's then going to turn, and he wants a piece of this uh, this Jacko. So he's going to take another bite. Bring Jacko. And he misses. So the bite comes down, tries to do the same thing, like foot in the sock, trying to just completely envelop Jacko. And Jacko is able to just knock him off. And it is Mott's turn. So uh, if everybody is about in the same position, I'll just try to take another shot, but you might want to roll it since I'm not connected. You crit. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> All right, Jordan. It's kind of sucked that you weren't connected, but you killed the worm. So what does it look like? Oh, nice. So this time he kind of, uh, he takes the half a second to unclip it from his belt and actually hold it up to eye level. And he says, All right, you damn leech. And then he uh, kind of, his his aim is wavering and wavering, but like an expert marksman, he waits for the point of the bolt to line up with his target. And then he squeezes that trigger and fires off the bolt directly through the thing's jaws. And the worm like mid attack, like it's rising up to hit Jekyll on the next turn, just kind of falls right into Jekyll's arms. So you got this 10 mass, 10 foot long massive worm just kind of falling at Jekyll as it dies. And same time when it dies, the two corpses or the two party guards that rose up behind it, they fall in unison with the worm as it dies and they just clump to the ground in a mass. And uh, combat's over. Two massive worms are kind of just bleeding out on the ground. The room is littered with corpses of masked guests. And, and how, how am I doing now? The beating has subsided. You no longer hear it in your ears. And being in the midst of all those corpses, a uh, good guy can clearly make out the Baroness. Jacko turns towards um, the direction of the arrow, so like back towards Mott, just hisses mm -hmm. at him. He's like, and you can see he's got these like six inch long fangs, like canines now. He's going to scamper over the corpse, just like throw it to the side and just start pummeling all of these corpses with his, his great sword, just like cutting them to pieces, hacking. Now you see, yeah, so everyone sees Jacko just kind of going animal and just massacring these corpses. And you can see the one Jacko is working on is uh, it's a man, um, maybe an older gentleman with a beard, uh, but the corpse right next to Jacko uh, on the far left side of the wall is the one that you can recognize as the Baroness. Well, 
Looks like we found Emma her. Emma says, quickly, take her up so we can bring her back. And let's check on that girl. Maybe uh, maybe since these worms are dead, maybe she's uh, feeling a little better. Although her mom is uh, still dead. So Jacko has moved on to the mass down here. Yeah, and Jacko's just like going ballistic, basically. After about a, a minute or so, he starts just like standing up and panting and his like fangs retract in. His muscles kind of go back to normal form. All right. Just regain himself, surrounded by pieces of corpses. And uh, Mott rushes over to him. Jacko, what have you done? What are you? And he just kind of like weakly shoves him and just he looks more like he's about to cry than out of like frustration and confusion than he is like scared or angry. What, what am I? I'm your god. <laughs> and he just wipes his sword off and puts it back on his back. Starts walking over to the count. And it amidst like the massacre <laughs> that is left and Jack was awake with all these corpses. Uh, Mott, from where you're looking, you can see like over here on this back wall. I mean, this is all a cellar. It's kind of just carved out of the earth. Uh, but you can see that there's remnants of a hole or something that's been covered with dirt. Like the wall is not even there. It's just kind of piled up on this one spot. He'll kind of keep an eye on Jacko as he uh, watch, make sure that Abe is picking up their quarry as he begins to come over here and with uh, the butt end of his mace, like try to poke the dirt loose. And uh, you're digging as you're digging through that, Abe. You've, you know you found the Baroness. You can collect her. Um, good guy. What are you doing? At the moment, I guess just looking around. Searching the nobles for valuables. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find about uh, 250 gold worth of jewels and whatnot on them. Uh, that would require you also taking jewels off the Baroness, which I don't know if Abe will let you do that or not. I don't think you would have the chance because I'm walking, I'm taking a ride. All right, so make that uh, 225 uh, gold pieces worth of jewels that you can get then. Yeah, so win some, you lose some. Are these, is the mouth about the same size as the chuck missing from the dude's back? upstairs uh yeah let's go back up and check on those people uh, so as you're doing that uh you mod has finally broken away enough dirt to reveal the corpse of a man buried inside the wall um he kind of just at one point just kind of falls out with the dirt and it's an older gentleman um dark hair large dark beard wearing very refined clothes mod especially maybe some of you would recognize this person from pictures that you would have seen in the house but mod knows this to be the uh, the previous count of the manor and the father of Libram. What kind of dirty business has been going on here? And uh, as he slides out of the dirt, you can see there's a clear stab wound, puncture wound in the man's neck. Along with the pile of dirt and the corpse coming out, you can see the hilt of a dagger kind of popping out from the dirt. Mm, done in by his own kind, his own kin. I guess we'll never know the full extent of the dark doings of this youngster and Mott calls out uh, to good guy young man look at this and shows him the dagger yes that's a that's an interesting dagger not one that I've ever used before now why would <laughs> you say it like that <laughs> no reason I don't like a, I don't like the insinuations being brought upon my character I'm good guy obviously well, use that uh, young man's strength to yours and 
And we better bring this one back to the Baron as well. Good guy seriously thinks about cutting up the body and putting it in a bag. But I don't have the skill for that. So I heave it over my shoulder. And I say, okay, I suppose I can do that. And uh, my pauses and takes a good long look into his eyes to see if they've changed at all. Um, good guy's eyes look okay. Look normal. Yes. Can I help you? No, everything is going to be okay. So you ascend the hole back up into the manor. I want to check on the girl and I want to check on the, the guy. Okay. Uh, so it seems the guy has, uh, he's taking a, a nice nap. Thanks to the spell from Mott, he's just kind of in some sort of deep slumber. You can hear his, uh, almost like his sleep apnea <laughs> as he's sleeping and kind of choking every now and then and then sleeping some more. And, uh, as you pass that room into the larder where you left the girl, uh, before you even open the door, you can just hear her crying on the inside. And then opening the door, you can see that, uh, she's sitting there. No reason. Lots of, lots of reasons. <laughs> Many reasons to be crying. I'll tell her, like, a terrible thing happened here, and I don't think it's safe for you to stay here, but I know a good place for you to go. If, if you will, come with me to the orphanage. Give me persuasion. Oh, I teetered on a one for, like, two seconds, at least on my screen. Um, and she'll just kind of, like, look up to you, and she'll just kind of stick your hand, her hand out for you to take her hand. And I'll take her hand. Come along, kid. Is there anything else anyone wanted to grab or do before you uh, make your way home, I guess? Jacko's going to let all of the horses go. So you make your way back to the stables and just untie 15 horses. And some of them trot along, some run. Like take off the reins and saddles and everything. Just let them go. All right. And the only horses are left are the ones that uh, you arrived on and your donkey. Mott will kind of lag behind the group as they all exit. And he'll like just kind of wave his holy symbol around and do a little kind of muted ceremony in front of the house to like purify it or something. So there's yeah, silence in the woods. It's, it's the dead of night and uh, you complete it. There's just the sound of crickets and some frogs chirping um, behind you as you finish your your act. And um, so I guess we got to put the body on somebody's horse. Because I'm going to take Jenny on my horse. After several hours, you'll arrive at uh, Dunwich at the Counts, not the Counts, but the, the Baron's estate. I'm going to drop the girl off at the orphanage bef on the way, if it's on the way. Oh, Dunwich Orphanagery? Orphanage? The Dunwich Orphanage? They rename that something else later. <laughs> um, Orphanagery. Uh, but they'll see Abe come. When they see Abe approach, uh, <laughs> the Orphanagery, yeah, I know. Just kind of making words up. Um, That's definitely what is called Orphanagery. <laughs> <laughs> this town isn't known for this book learning um so when you arrive uh you'll see uh you'll see woodridge you know him to be the, the manager of the, the orphanage and um responsible for checking in new children you know him very well abe and he'll just greet you as you pull up it's late abe yeah we got a got a new new one here named jenny she's been through a lot last last couple of days i guess and she She's really hungry. She's starving. I think she'll do right here. She, Her mom was a cook. She probably learned something from her mom. I'm sure she'll be real useful around here. And uh, he'll take the girl and he'll like look to stay. And she's been through a lot. A lot or a lot, a lot. And he'll just kind of give you a knowing look. A lot, a lot. All right. I'll take it from here. You stay safe. I'll be back to check on you, Jenny. And she just kind of very kind of a blank and somewhat melancholy face and expression. She just kind of nods. 
and uh, goes with uh, Woodridge into the orphanage. Mott from his horse just tapped his symbol on his shield to remind her that she has her uh, symbol that protected her. So as like she's walking in, she has the back towards the group, and as she hears the sound of the you make that tap on your shield, you'll see her just kind of turn as she's walking forward, and she from her pocket, she'll just pop out the egg, and she'll kind of give you a soft smile as she walks into the orphanage. To the Baron, to your right of it, it's a state. Um, is very early in the morning now. The sun is just cresting up, and uh, he is. Uh, you can see him in the study. He's in the same place he was when you left. You can see the, him from the window from the outside as he just kind of has his hands, his face in his hands uh, on his desk. Hasn't noticed your arrival yet. All right, so you announce yourselves. He comes just rushing over, and as soon as he sees the his his wife, he just kind of immediately just drops to his knees and just starts sobbing. And uh, this will go on for a while. And uh, he'll just kind of look up at the portrait on the wall of his family, of his daughter and his wife. And uh, he just, just sobs uncontrollably for probably about 20 minutes or so before he's able to like collect himself to be to be to even speak. I'll say that I would have done press the digitation to, to make her, you know, not look dead. A freaking disgusting <laughs> bloody mess. Yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. So she's in a, she's in a pristine state then. Um he'll see the Baron and then you'll get into discussions about what happened and uh I'll say what of first thank you. I I Anything that we agreed to before is yours, and then some. I I don't know how I can thank you enough. And we look to the to the Baron, and they'll say, "And what of his son? What happened?" Dead. Stupid. He deserved to die. I'm sorry. What What about the guests? This. What about what happened to everyone? Dead. Stupid. They deserved to die. Something happened at the house, I guess, during the party, and some. Worms came through and I guess infected everybody. It was a, was a bloodbath. And you'll see him like kind of yeah. like ponder deeply for a bit and then he'll just say, Did you? And he kind of looks at the, the old Baron and he'll like kind of walk over to him and he'll kind of lean down and kind of like tilt his head to the side and he'll like, you see him like pull down on like the bottoms of his eyelids to get a look at his eyes. And uh, he'll just kind of snicker for a bit and he'll say, uh, Never mind. We think Junior did that to him. And then he'll like turn his head over to see the stab wound and he'll say, mm, Libram, I'm not surprised. Well, whatever happened to him was probably a just fate. I'll assign, I want to assign all of you the title of constable in my barony. You've done very, a lot for the town. Who knows what could have happened if this would have went on. I have a lot of letters to write. And he kind of like walks back over to his study and uh, he'll sit down. If you don't mind, I'd like some time with my thoughts, but thank you again. You checked his eyes. Why? Uh, there were always just uh, tales about uh, the old count that he, uh, well, that he was crazy, really. That's the simple way to say it. And that whenever he would go in one of his, his fits, his eyes would, they would kind of gloss over in this blue fog. I just wanted to see if the fog was still there and it was gone. No blue fog, but there were worms. Gigantic worms that made their eyes red. You'll see your missus suffered from the same. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. I'm not sure, but I just... Just a tale we heard when I was first taking over this uh, barony, and I... I don't know. Curiosity. I wanted to see. If you want to know more, there was one survivor. We left him there. Perhaps he's still alive. What? Who? <laughs> I don't know. One of your noble folk. 
He wasn't part of the terms. And the payment? You'll have it. You'll have it and then some. I'll have it sent to your home. I have another request. This child prison. My compatriot knows about it. They should be treated better. The orphanage? <laughs> the orphanagery. Whatever your word for it is. The old orphanagery, huh? They're weak. Yes. Being preyed upon by holy men and vagabonds. How do you expect them to make their own way in life if you teach them nothing? And he kind of has like an idea as you're, you're saying this. He's like, yes, the building is old. It's dilapidated. Facilities could be better. Management as well. But I think I found a new home for them. Perhaps we get the manor cleaned up. Could be a nice place to live. No, absolutely not. And then looking at Abe, he, knowing his Abe's background, uh, I would say, uh, perhaps you're right. Maybe I'll spend more time thinking about this. That place needs to be burned down. I must agree. I'll take it into consideration. Perhaps uh, I will convene with you again, Priest Mott. Maybe you can be uh, an advisor to any sort of rituals or uh, things we should do to cleanse the grounds there. And he just kind of like puffs up a little bit and nods. I look forward to your useless and pretty displays. And the payment. When can we get the payment? I'll have it sent to your home right away. And now if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like some time. There's some funeral arrangements I need to make. Of course. Mourn for your past ones. And Jocko will turn and leave. And that'll be it. Alright. GG. <laughs> Hooray! GG. We did a one-shot in one time. That's great. Yeah. It's a record. It is. And we even started as early.